Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Welcome to today's episode of The Missing Chapter. Today we take a look at the life of a true pioneer. But rather than carving new paths on the ground, this person carved the skies. This person's name was Bessie Coleman, and she was born in Atlanta, Texas on January 26, 1892. And she was the 10th child of 13. Her mother was an African-American maid, and her father was a sharecropper of Native American and African-American descent. In 1901, her father made a very tough decision to move back to his hometown in Oklahoma to try to escape discrimination. But her mother decided not to go with him. What a tough decision that must have been for everyone. But this young girl learned very early on what working hard meant as she grew up helping her mother pick cotton and was continuing to wash laundry to earn some extra cash. She saved every penny she could, and when she turned 18, she had enough to attend the Colored Agricultural and Normal University, which is now Langston University in Langston, Oklahoma. Unfortunately, though, she had enough to start, but didn't have enough to continue, and she was forced to drop out of college only after one semester. At age 23, she went to live with her brothers in Chicago. She went to the Burnham School of Beauty Culture in 1915 and became a manicurist in a local barbershop. Meanwhile, her brothers served in the military during World War I and came home with stories of their time in France. Her brother John teased her because French women were allowed to learn how to fly airplanes and in the United States, she couldn't. Her brother's stories, along with other news of pilots in the war, inspired her to become a female pilot, also known as an aviatrix. But of course, there was a problem. Number one, she was a female, and number two, she was African-American. She applied to many flight schools across the country, but no school would take her. Robert Abbott, though, a famous African-American newspaper publisher, told her to move to France where she could learn how to fly. With her brother's recommendation as well as Abbott's, she began taking French classes at night. If Bessie were going to be a French pilot, she would not only need to learn French for herself, she would also need to use French for her application. She was eventually accepted at the Caudron Brothers School of Aviation in France, and Bessie received her international pilot's license on June 15, 1921 from the Federation Aeronautique Internationale. She then returned to the United States. Her lifelong dream of owning a plane and opening her own flight school seems to be at least in her midst of possibility. With her undying work ethic, Bessie became a very good pilot. So good that she gave speeches and showed films of her air tricks at churches and theaters and schools to earn money. And while she was teaching aeronautics, she was also teaching ethics, as Bessie refused to speak anywhere that was segregated or at any place that discriminated against African Americans. In 1922, she performed the first public flight by an African American woman. Her talent made her name spread but it was her expertise in doing the loop-the-loops, the figure eights, the barrel rolls. She'd even walk on the wings and parachute out. And that's what made her famous. She was more than a pilot. She was an aerial acrobat. She amazed audiences with her daredevil feats 
And because of her acrobatics in the sky, she became known as Queen Bess, Brave Bessie. People were fascinated by her in how she performed. She became famous throughout the United States and Europe and toured the country giving flight lessons and performing in flight shows. And she encouraged African-Americans and women to become pilots themselves. And I know some of you are thinking about how pioneering she is for this time period, and she absolutely was. What we really have to remember, though, is how primitive flight was in the early 20th century. You see, early 1900s had its fair share of aeronautic accidents. It was almost assumed at some point, not if, but when, a pilot would have an accident. The technology, the protocols, and the training was obviously far inferior to what we have in the 21st century. And sure enough, only two years into her flight career, Bessie Coleman endured her first major airplane accident. Somehow, she survived. It was in February of 1923 that her airplane engine suddenly stopped working mid-flight and she crashed. Very badly hurt with a broken leg, a few cracked ribs, and cuts in her face, thankfully, Coleman fully healed from her injuries. And just like any other barrier or obstacle in her life, this accident didn't stop her from flying. She went back to performing dangerous tricks in 1925. Her perseverance and her relentlessness allowed her to save up enough money to purchase her own plane. She was ecstatic and began her trek homeward to perform for a large crowd. But the managers of the event wanted to remain segregated and ultimately created two separate entrances, one for white people and one for black people. Even though it was her own hometown, Bessie Coleman refused to perform unless there was only one gate for everyone. Managers agreed to have one gate, but people would have to still sit in segregated sections of the stadium. She agreed to perform and became famous for publicly standing up for her beliefs. Pretty remarkable, if you ask me. Things changed, though. Mid-1920s, on April 30th, 1926 specifically, Bessie Coleman took a test flight with a mechanic named William Wills. Wills wanted to be the main pilot of the plane while Coleman was the passenger. At about 3,000 feet in the air, someone unfortunately left a wrench under the engine compartment and that wrench got stuck in the engine of the aircraft. Wills couldn't control the steering and the plane flipped over. And remember, these planes at this time were open cockpit planes, meaning they didn't have a roof. And Coleman was not wearing a seatbelt. Unfortunately, when the plane flipped over, Bessie Coleman fell out of the open plane. She did not survive, and unfortunately for her mechanic, William Wills, he ended up crashing the aircraft and also died in the accident. News of her death spread worldwide and created heartbreak for thousands of people across the world. At her funeral in Chicago, famous activist Ida B. Wells Barnett, who was an African-American journalist and activist who led an anti-lynching crusade in the United States in the 1890s and also fought for women's suffrage, delivered Bessie's eulogy. Though she died at the very young age of 34, her legacy continues to inspire people all over the country and throughout the world. She was buried in Lincoln Cemetery in Lincoln, Chicago, and in 1931, the Challengers Pilots Association of Chicago started a tradition of flying over Bessie Coleman's grave every year. Many aviation clubs were named in her honor, including Bessie Coleman Aero Club and the Bessie Coleman Aviators, which formed in Chicago in 1977. In 1995, the Bessie Coleman stamp was made to commemorate all of her accomplishments. In 2023, the U.S. Mint released a special quarter featuring Bessie Coleman, an amazing, amazing aviatrix. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. 
Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast providers. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm Phil Horander. And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.